Well, good day, everybody. Welcome to the Lifetime Training Podcast. I'm Jason Stella here, your host, and I've got something that some of you may have heard of, some of you may have not, but I'm excited to talk about it, and it's isometric exercises and the benefits of it. Today, I've got Brad Thorpe, husband, father, and inventor of IsoFit, here to talk about the benefits and the whys, hows, and what's of isometric exercise. And something I just want to start with, because uh, it caught my eye when I was reading some of the, the backstory about Brad and, and something that he put in is, is, you know, as this show's recording, as the document I was reading, um, as I was reading it, it said it should be apparent that low isometric strength contributes to some and many of today's most deadly and undesirable health and performance conditions. And I've got a history with MAT and understanding isometrics, and I can't wait to bring this information to you. So welcome to the show, Brad. Jason, thank you very much. I'm a huge fan. I've listened to a ton of your podcasts since the inception. Um, you know, I'm jacked, man. This is going to be fun. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, you know, let's jump into it. You know, I think before we get into your story, um, you know, the listener base here is typically trainers and, and health enthusiasts, but would you mind just starting just kind of identifying, you know, isometric exercise, what that is, and then how you came about really then your story of, you know, creating isofit and, and concentrating on this as a specialty? Absolutely. Well, with most of your listeners, they've gone through some sort of educational process to get to where they are as a trainer. Um, we as an industry have focused on dynamic movement, right? It's the life bread. We're, we're human. We're designed to move. The problem, and this stems from university programs, college programs, to a lot of different certification programs, there's this other type of movement we totally forgot about. It's 50% of the movement conversation. You have dynamic and you have isometric right? It's 50%. There's only two. And you can lump in plyometrics and everything like that into one, Like right? You got like explosive, like velocity training, all this under one umbrella. And then you have not moving, right? So with isometrics, it's about creating a muscle contraction without a change in joint position, right? So when it really comes back to that phrasing joint position, because the muscle itself still oscillates throughout so the, the muscle works dynamically in an isometric format, right? So it's like, oh, okay. So I just have to maintain a specific joint position. And what we forgot about was, hey, it's also one type of muscle contraction. We totally forgot about that too. So, right, you got eccentric and concentric and isometric. So the industry as a whole um, overlooked, forgot about, didn't pay attention to this world of isometrics. And it is mind-blowing. The rabbit hole is awesome. You and I currently are sitting isometrically stationary. We forgot about that. We don't have yet society. We haven't trained this component, right? You're familiar with the said principle, specific adaptation for imposed demand. Well, if we're not training to stay still, staying still kind of difficult. Mm -hmm. And it becomes problematic to the office worker the gym goer, the athlete. So that's kind of where it was. And I my, myself, I've always looked at how do I differentiate myself from the masses, right? You're familiar with MAT. I was an MAT graduate as well. Um, I also went through a program called RTS, which is Resistance Training Specialist Program. And I know uh, you're familiar with Tom Purvis and the great things he's doing with that program, right? But 
with those programs as well. And I graduated both in like 2006, so a long, long, long time ago. What I recognized then and what I still recognize now is we don't hit home on the isometric component, right? We, we still focus primarily on dynamic movement. And here's a way that we can craft a story that says, hey, if I can give you strength and stability before you move, how great is your movement going to be? What is the resistance or what is your force tolerance going to be? Like you had Greg Roscoff on a couple of weeks ago, right? I think it was at the end of last year. And, you know, genius, just a genius human being. But he was talking about force tolerance and force generation. Absolutely. It's like, it's imperative. It prevents pain. It prevents movement dysfunction. And it prevents injury if you have higher levels of force tolerance and force generation. So that's the world that I sort of said, you know what? I want to live there. I want to be the guy that, you know, this is where you start. It doesn't matter the activity you do. Start here. Start with isometrics. Make sure your foundation. That's why I love the name yeah, of that book. Exactly. Way, but, yeah. One of my know. favorites. Yeah. Oh, and it's, you know, uh, based off what Jason told, um, he was talking to Todd Durkin the other day and was listening through it. It's like I, the way the passion that you brought to this book, you know, start here. Uh, it was just like, man, I got to listen to it. So I downloaded it yesterday. I listened to a half of it. It's phenomenal. It is life altering phenomenon. It is. It is. Well, you know, and and to to bring that back now, you know, obviously isometric exercises, you know, briefly talked about, you know, through the certifications that I've been, I mean, MAT obviously jumpstarts are all about that, but, you know, fast forward to the popular certifications and education, you know, that are in out to the masses when I say popular, Um, you know, there's components of isometric exercises to a certain extent that they talk about more when you're working on corrective type of things. But some of the things that you're talking about are, are different in that you're using isometric to, to not necessarily work on corrective exercise, but to, to become a better performance athlete or explosive athlete as well. Um, and I think there's, there's a differentiation there and I'd love to dive into the corrective side, but you know, I also want to kind of, ask you, how did you end up kind of falling in love to this passion? What was the thing that sparked you to say, I, I think there's a market here and I want to go after this? Uh, well, i give you a little bit of backstory. So I'm a kid who loved exercise. I wasn't the smartest kid in the room by any means. And, you know, it's a great place to be sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I was an athlete and I was good at athletics. I played high level lacrosse. I played high level rugby, um, went to school on a volleyball scholarship in Canada. Um, so I was consistently looking for something to enhance my performance, right? So I hit the gym. I started lifting weights when I was 13. I'm 47 now, right? So we've been doing it a fair bit of time, this whole exercise thing. But exercise to me was super important because my mom's dad um, died when she was 15 years old. So I never, I never knew my grandfather. Um, he died of a massive heart attack, right? And so she was 15. Dad died, single family, like single family growing up in the city of Toronto. And my mom, you know, marries my dad. We have, she has three kids. Her mom is now 68 years of old, 60 years, 68 years of age. And my mom's 31. And my grandmother dies of a massive heart attack. Right. So I grew up in a household where it was always heart health, heart health, heart health and not necessarily exercise, but don't eat bad. 
you got to maintain your cardiovascular fitness. And it's like, okay, cool. Um, so I'm exercising, but from 13, I go to school uh, for a program called Fitness and Lifestyles Management. We're doing all kinds of cardiovascular rehabilitation type training. And if you don't know, you will soon find out that I had blood pressure of 150 over 100. I'm a physical specimen. You would look at me and say, you're an athlete. Wow, there's no question. You're doing about 30 hours of exercise a week. So why is my cardiovascular system just screwed? And we find out I have what's called preventricular contractions. So my, my heart doesn't fire properly. And they want to medicate me. And I'm like, well, okay when do I get off the medication? And I'm 19 years old. And they go, wow. well, you'll never get off. It. You'll be wow. on it for the rest of your life. I'm like, <laughs> well, what? They're like, well, you need to be healthier. I'm like, I can't get more healthy. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit about my backstory. So jump forward. I, I graduate um, college. I'm doing some training, you know, doing 40, 50 hours a week, like really kind of crazy busy. And then I have this guy goes, Hey, Brad, what do you want to do when you grow up? I'm like 27. I'm like, what do you mean? And you know, this guy, Grant Roebuck, he just sold his company for like some, you know, beautiful amount, like $300 million. So I'm going to like, you. thank you for talking to me. Any insight? Um, he goes, so what do you want to do? And I'm going, I, I want to open my own gym. He's like, well, why would I leave this gym to go to your gym? And I came up after, you know, a couple minutes of like deep, really reflective thought. I came up with, because I'm a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, and his response was, yeah, you are. You're a great guy, but I'm not going to interrupt my life and my habits to go to your facility. My office is upstairs. You know, I park downstairs. This is in between. Um, so he's like, go differentiate yourself. And that comment transformed my life. And it was kind of like, what do I do? I want to be a good trainer. Like I'm busy, yeah. like, but I'm working in somebody else's facility. And it's like, Oh, what do I do? And then, you know, you put that comment to the universe. This guy named Scott forehand walks up to me and says, Hey, Brad, I hear you're a busy trainer. I hear you got a whole bunch of clients. How would you like to learn something new, innovative, cool, wonderful? And I'm like, um, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. Why not? I am willing to sit down. So he name drops. He's talking about this guy, Greg Groskoff. who's like this budding genius. He's talking about this guy, Tom Purvis, you know, also like just this, you know, miraculous mind. And so I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I don't know you. I don't know them. So you know what? I'm going to sit on this. So I pass up on an opportunity. So two years later, I injure my back. Right. I'm going to like we're like drunk cottage type injury like we're and this is craziness. So a buddy of mine is sitting in the chair and he's like, I don't know, like let's call him 240 pounds. He's not a small guy. And so I go to tackle him in his chair. And because I know we're recording this. So this is what he does. He goes eh? and I fly over. him. And there were several alcoholic drinks prior to this. So I land on my shoulder at water's edge. My feet come up over behind me. I basically do a scorpion, fold myself up so my bum is in my mid-back. I thought I broke my back, right? I couldn't walk um, for about a week and a half. Like, we're talking excruciating pain, vomiting, 
like just brutalness for days. Um, so I get from my buddy, Peter, this guy, Peter Chasson, you know, um, I don't know if you know, Peter, unfortunately he's passed like just a, like a, a juggernaut in the Canadian fitness and health well-being sector. And so Peter goes, come see me. Let me introduce you to this stuff called MAT. I go down and it's like, okay, they're talking all these really big, fancy words like iliocrystallis, you know, logismus. I'm like, I'm a trainer. I'm like smart. What the hell are you talking about? He's like, dude, those are muscle names. You're a trainer and you don't know what they are. I'm like, uh, no, like draw on ground. Like, what is this? Um, so more importantly, he starts playing around. He's like digging his hand in my stomach. I'm like, dude, that really hurts. And you're an idiot. You need to stop. He's like, I got to do it. It's your psoas. I'm like, good. Why are you trying to, like, you're killing me. Um, long story short, go home later that night, sitting there like with my feet up on my desk like this, because this is comfortable. This is the only place I can kind of be. And I'm doing my fantasy baseball team. And all of a sudden I hear this clunk and it's audible. And the girl I was dating this at the time, Jamie, she runs in from the other room. She goes, what was that? I'm like, I don't know, but I stood up and I started walking around. And the next day I'm like searching. What is MAT? This, this stuff is amazing. Um, so that kind of started that path. And then I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to be the best trainer in Canada and the most recognizable and more importantly, have the, have the understanding to help the most amount of people. Yeah. Well, I got to do this other program too, this other thing that called that RTS. So Naive, but, but let me tell you, I was naive and signed up for both programs at the same time. Oh boy. <laughs> and I'm in Toronto, one's in Oklahoma City, as you know, right? And the other's in like Denver. There was a satellite course, you know, thankfully out in uh, Columbus, Ohio. So it was, I was fortunate enough to at least cut down some travel time, but yeah. like 28 trips in a year and a half. Crazy. And, you know, when I signed up for it, I think I had about a thousand bucks and it was just like, how am I going to pay for it? Yeah. I don't know. Don't care. I'll figure it out later. Um, you well, know, and, so. and it's, it's amazing, you know, and, and I don't want to go off into too much of a tangent here, but the, the influence that those two guys have had in the industry and, you know, I, I don't have the same story, but a similar story of how I came about. I was lucky to learn from Tom when he was with NESM in the early days before the whole thing switched over uh, to the Mike Clark group and, and all them. But um it's just amazing the influence that they have, the knowledge that they have and, and, you know, what they've been able to do and help. And there's so many trainers out there that are very similar to what you were saying, the way that you were before, you know, being introduced and, and really deep diving into the biomechanics and really understanding the anatomy and physiology, not only what it is, how it works and where to go and find it. So it's amazing. Um, well, that's great, man. And so, you know, I really want to just dive right into now, you know, the science behind, you know, what you've been able to find and in, in what's been out there around isometric exercises and then how you've come to apply those things into what you do. Well, you know, as we sort of were mentioning prior to, um, I had some blood pressure issues. Then in 2008, I saw this, or I heard the study that came over the airwaves that said, isometrics is a great way to lower blood pressure, right? And for a guy who's been in the exercise industry for like over a decade now, it was like kind of like mind blowing. It's like, hold on, I'm using isometrics for neuromuscular reeducation with MAT. And you're telling me that isometrics is good for blood pressure. Like I went to school, they told me don't do it. Like it's contraindicated. Like talk to any medical doctor, they'll say don't do it. So I 
basically jumped down this rabbit hole and I haven't stopped falling. This is the most incredible journey I have, to be honest, ever been on. And, you know, subsequently I've dedicated my whole life to it because I had blood pressure and it was like basically or blood pressure issues. And it was like 150 over hundred within two weeks of introducing isometrics into my life. My blood pressure was normalized. And how, how much were you doing? Like how long, like daily, like 15 minutes. Okay. Like nothing crazy, but I've been fighting blood pressure issues at that point for 14 years. It didn't matter what cardio I did, what weight training I did, whether I drank, whether I didn't drink, whether I ate this, tried that. My blood pressure was always like, you know, pre-hypertensive and Mm -hmm. elevated and instantly, like two weeks later, normalized, never had an issue since. Wow. That's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So talk to me, you know, so, you know, I remember hearing, you know, during one of the classes, you know, low level isometrics in the muscles, shortened position is what helps create stability in that muscle, uh, generally speaking. Right. And, Later on, reading a, a book called Therapeutic Exercise for Segmental Spinal Stabilization and Low Back Pain by Hodges, Hall, and Hydes, those guys talked, and in those same words that we heard Greg speak, at, you know, to time and time again, came from that particular book, I believe, because I read it there too, and that that was the position in which you were supposed to be holding to increase the muscle stiffness capabilities, you know, of the muscle. So again, increasing the stability, not tightness, but stiffness of the muscle. And, and as we've talked about it being a slinky spring, uh, as opposed to a, um, you know, more of like, a, I'm sorry, a being a garage door spring versus a slinky spring that we've heard, you know, so many times. And, you know, that helps create the stability of those particular muscles. So is, you know, what outside of that, what else have you then found out about, you know, how to go about this and, and what other benefits? It, it really comes back to the, who are you training, right? Because if you think about like, let's take a hundred meter sprinter, they start isometrically and generate a huge amount of force, right? A gymnast, as they're holding a tuck, they're doing an isometric as they're going through the air, right? A guy doing a bench press, his whole platform of his whole stability has to be isometric. We go, hey, just like, you know, work on your bracing. So we, we've been doing isometrics for years. We just changed the word, right? Anti-rotation, well, isometrics, yeah. right? So it's like we've been using it in everything else. And like, if you look at a squat, like a one RM squat, you, you got to be braced pretty damn good. And if you break somewhere throughout that, we say bad form, high risk, injurious. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, what I did was sort of say, okay, well, if it's good for blood pressure, if it's good for neuromuscular re-education, what else is it good for? Well, it turns out that it's great for increasing tendon stiffness, right? Okay, that's good. That helps with force generation, right? Nobody ever talks really about how do you properly train tendons, right? We only talk about muscles, nerves, cardiovascular system. Well, what about that intermediate joint structure or that, uh, you know, not joint structure, but structure that stabilizes the joint further? We know that the tendon forms the periosteum of the bone. So from a force transference perspective, if you have weakness, or slack within your tendon structure, you're going to impair performance, right? And now I'm going to drop a bomb on you that this is like so mind-blowingly simple, but you know, as we know, we don't talk about the simple things. We try to sound complex. Humans shrink as we get older. That means stuff's getting looser. So how important is it to tighten up? 
mm-hmm. as we age, yeah. right? Nobody says that. They say looser, 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 looser. It's like, well, the stuff's naturally getting looser. Let's add tension to the structure so we move better. Well, and, and it's amazing there too, because, you know, so often, and you've probably seen this too, is I've always said some of the most injury prone people that are in pain later in life are gymnasts and and dancers. And typically those, you know, those are the people that really have an incredible amount of stability, mobility, you know, when they're younger, but then as they age, and and again, you know, I've heard and, you know, confirm here too. and, And I believe is that as we age also the fast twitch or the slow twitch muscle fibers are also start to take on fast twitch characteristics as right. you age, which is again leading to that you know looser type of concept as well. Well, it's, it's loose, it's looser, but it's also and more importantly, it's pre-fatiguing, right? So you fatigue. So if you're looking at individuals that suffer from um, you know uh, heart failure, and heart failure doesn't mean your heart stopped; it's just not functioning properly, right? You can live years with heart failure. It's very weird, right? Because you think heart failure is like, oh, dude's dead on the ground. Yeah. Not the case. Right. So what they found was individuals uh, were more dependent on type two fibers. Right. Isometrics, when held to maximal level, right, improves the function of all fiber types. Right. That's genius, depending on what you want to do. So and there's research out there that will state. Every muscle contraction begins with an isometric contraction. That is how vital isometrics are to human performance, right? A starting block, your isometric, right? We went over that, right? But it's, we need to revisit that and sort of say, hey, it's not boring. It's not, you know, it might not be the glamorous stuff, but hey, you know, we know type one fibers fire first and then last, right? So that actually means they fired faster than the fast twitch, right? From a sequencing perspective. Mm-hmm. Boom, I'm here. I showed up. Oh, uh, there's the cool kid. He came, showed up at the party. He left. Now you're dependent on me, mm-hmm. right? Um, like take LeBron James as an example. I don't work with him. This is not a statement about that. He doesn't play for 10 seconds. He plays for 48 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Most sports and most athletes require endurance and that ability to withstand impact for long periods of time yeah they're explosive throughout but they didn't stop so it's like spike 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 so have you have you heard or seen because it it makes me think that you know everything you're saying is making so much sense is that there's so many obviously non-contact injuries acls you know achilles tendons different things like that Mm -hmm. that you're seeing have you seen, or have you heard that, you know, obviously as people are fatiguing later in the game, they happen, they step wrong and their knee blows or their Achilles blows. And, you know, are you seeing that isometric exercise and what you just stated by being there uh, both in the beginning at the end and building that endurance up is going to limit and, and, or potentially, uh, you know, cause a, a, a decrease in non-contact injuries like that? According to the literature, yes. And they will say that whether it's a single leg hop test, like post-ACL tears, mm-hmm. poor isometric strength will show up consistently with individuals who have uh, higher levels of re-injury after surgery and stuff like that. They will state, not me, them, that, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I can send you a ton of literature on it, mm-hmm. um, but they'll, they'll state uh, that poor isometric strength is a predictor of future injuries. 
right? And, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of people that sort of push back saying that's BS or whatever. It's like, hey, it's in their literature, not mine. Got I'll it. just hang on. Well, um, so you look at that and you go, well, let's, if we explore an open, like a non-contact open field injury, it's, it's about displacement. I didn't have the ability for my muscular system to fire on demand, right? And usually during a, the transition of movement between internal rotation, external rotation, flexion, extension, you know, that transition phase is isometric. Did I have the ability to negatively accelerate to zero, then positively accelerate at a zero? So if I don't have that ability to control that isometric contraction on demand, and we're talking thousands of seconds, so we don't think isometric, we think we're still moving because it's too fast for our eye. We transfer and we don't transfer properly. And what it is, it's like we're standing there and it just slides, right? We have the inertial effect going in one direction. We change direction. The larger mass rips that ligament apart, yeah. right? And we have that ability to address that before game day by increasing that that endurance tolerance, right? In the symmetric format. So, right? so, so the other question I've got too then is, you know, obviously if the only thing we, you know, and, and people go to extremes and that's what I'm doing right here because most people do this is that, Hey, isometric strength training isn't going to transfer to better performance dynamically because it's isometric. And what would you say to that? I'd laugh at them. Um, you know, and that doesn't get me too many fans. Um, but let's just look at it honestly, right? You have isometric movement, you have dynamic movement. Where I want to see people position it is isometrics. And this is mind altering for a lot of people, right? So isometrics is the preparation for movement, right? Because it works on strength and stability. Dynamic movement is the practice of movement. I don't care what your activity is, whether it's football, running, powerlifting, lifting weights, General gym exercise is always the practice of movement. It's high skill involved, yeah. right? What I'm saying is let's go back to super crazy simple. Let's work on creating maximum strength because 1RM is velocity training at a slow level. It is not maximum strength. We all know that it's submaximal, right? If you disagree with that, I'm sorry, but you are wrong. Um, accept it. Move on. So with isometrics, right, if you're looking at power development, right, like, you know how they graph it, the velocity curve or the strength velocity curve, yep. the vertical axis, what do they have, right? Strength across and the speed. bottom, speed. they have speed or velocity, however you want to phrase it. So zero velocity is what? Isometric, right? So the measure of isometric, so that strength component, what they're actually talking about is isometric strength and velocity. So you have this great thing, and it's like the thing that sets the power curve is your ability to generate isometric strength. Mm -hmm. You have to, have to, have to practice the skill of the activity you want to be good at. Mm -hmm. So combine both, right? Okay. And then you see freaks, right? So <laughs> you see absolute freaks of nature, right? Like I've seen people increase their deadlifts PRs by 30% in three weeks, right? Just by adding isometrics because the component, when you're looking at force transference, did you have like bleed within that force? Like did that knee transfer force better? 
did that link like you know you have 19 different muscle structures that stabilize the knee which is getting a little bit more advanced than your quads hamstrings calves yeah right when you actually look at the, the, the actual true structures so when you explore it to the nth degree and you go how do i get strong and stable to transfer force better you need isometric strength in combination with dynamic mobility right that ability to fire on demand because they're neurologically they're also different they don't function the same in the brain as they do you know dynamic movements one thing mm -hmm. isometric is a different thing so you got to do both but what we do what do we do as a society we fail on one side of the equation right yeah so i'll, I'll make it real simple for people let's say dynamic stuff is 50 percent of the equation isometric is 50 percent of the equation right most people do 49 percent dynamic and zero percent isometric right by purpose right they may accidentally do it some actually do it right so let's drop down to 25 percent dynamic and do 25 percent isometric right now i'm at 50 percent. i'm doing pretty damn good now let's go to 30 and 30. well now i'm better than you ever were right so what I see with my athletes that I deal with and coach and relate to is massive improvements. I got a guy improve his vertical touch height by basically three inches in seven hours, right? Wow. He's got a YouTube clip. He was offered a full scholarship to Pepperdine University and UCLA for volleyball. He turned that down and went and played for Team Canada at the age of 18. Um, awesome. Year and a half, he was seven, basically improved his vertical height by over seven inches. So he's touching 12, six and a half, you know? Wow. So he's a, he's a beast. So let's, let, let's dive into, so, you know, obviously actually before we dive into the programming, because I think that's important because I don't think many people understand truly how to program for it. Um, and then obviously your ISOFIT machine will help. Um, but what are the risks that you found, you know, because a lot of times people will hear isometric and then they'll just go randomly do something. And, and obviously that could cause there's a risk in every, you know, in anything and people aren't not understanding exactly how to program for it and the technique behind it. So, you know, one, what's the risks of doing isometric exercise that you found? Um, traditionally, if you hold your breath with anything, um, obviously, so never hold your breath um, anytime you're exerting force. Um, if you do long, like sustained isometrics, there would be some literature out there that will say that, you know, if you're holding for four minutes at maximal like exertion, you'll end up increasing your likelihood of like a tendinopathy. Okay. Well, yeah, you're doing something at maximal exertion for four minutes. Like that's grueling. Don't start there. Yeah. Learn how to progress things. Exactly. Um, traditionally, isometrics are super, super, super safe, mm -hmm. right? Start slow. You know, even from like a contraction like perspective, start with like five seconds, six seconds, mm -hmm. progress to 10 to 15. Don't start at a minute. Like we, we, you know, planks and wall sits, right? Yeah. Traditions. Um, wow. Let's go. Let's, let's go measure how long we can do that for. Got well, it. that's just, um, I don't know. I would say there's a better approach. Well, and, and so that it's funny because you bring that up and, and, you know, trainers might be listening. Oh, I use, I do isometrics, you know, I do a Cobra or I do a four point stance or I do, you know, whatever the, the exercise is that they may be, be doing that are traditional planks, things like that. And, you know, one of the things that always baffled me too, after learning about how to benefit from the isometric exercises. And, and again, and my thought process was going back to that low level isometric in a muscle shortened position is people will, you know, do a four point horse dance and alternate and just keep alternating. Well, that's a concentric eccentric exercise. That's no longer 
an isometric exercise. So there's obviously time under tension. There's the number. There's there's time under tension, obviously, and and then rest intervals and and how you get into the manipulation of the variables to program properly. But some of the things that I've seen through your Instagram and, and YouTube and different things like that is, you know, you using traditional movements. Uh, or, or traditional positions in movement, I should say, not not movements because it would be isometric. Um, so, would you talk about you know how you use isometrics, and then obviously you've got some tools uh, or a tool that you've created to help get into those different positions. And then if they don't have that, what can they use? Um, well, hey, first and foremost, you know, my product it, it makes it super easy, yeah. right? You can do isometrics anywhere. Right. You can use a power cage. You can use a selectorized piece of equipment and bottom out the pin. And, you know, most of them have like a, a, a movable joint angle so that, you're, like, you know, if you're talking leg extension, you can hit multiple ranges. So you can do a ton of that stuff. The problem is from a business perspective. Now you look like like if you got your members, let's say they're at Lifetime over there doing isometrics on a dynamic machine, you're going to end up with people going like, dude, get off the machine. You're just resting. <laughs> I've seen fights at gyms because they do that. They're like, you're just resting. It's like, no, I'm doing something. No, you're not, man. You're not doing any reps. And it's like, because people just don't know about it. Like you imagine people don't like people doing bicep curls in the power cage. You imagine standing there doing a chest slide. (laughs) Like, like there's people going to throw stuff down. Um, So traditionally you can do door frames are fantastic. The bottom of a desk is unbelievable if you're talking about an office worker, right? You want to do a hip flexion thing to prepare to sit at your desk for eight hours, right? I, I've developed a program that, you know, it looks at six different exercise or 11 different exercises, six days a week, right? We created a whole program where people can self-assess and correct muscle dysfunction before they go and exercise, right? Because you know, most people, like if I were to say, hey, Jason, what do most trainers do to warm up? Well, they go hit start on a treadmill and watch TV and walk. Mm-hmm. Well, how did you prepare to go walk and like, do that stuff? So we created a whole program with that um, so people can self-assess and correct muscle dysfunction. My goal with that is to have people say, well, manual therapy becomes obsolete because I don't need people because I fixed myself. Like, how cool is that? Like, I'm super yeah. cool. Yeah. So, so again, like, let, let's just say a, a deadlift position you know, how would you isometric, how would you program that particular one out for somebody who says, okay, I want to get better at the deadlift dynamically, but I'm going to use that position to do an isometric. So how would, what would you recommend to them, you know, in, in a starting position, how long do you hold, how much time, how much rest, so on and so forth? Um, So traditionally, what I'm going to look to do is I'm going to structure it such that I'm going to look at increasing tendon stiffness first, so you're looking at about a 20 second contraction, right? So it's about sort of, you know, if you have an ability to monitor like how much effort you're putting in, like you got a, a dynamometer of some kind or like a little chain link. Um, so if you can measure it, great, use about 70% effort. If you sort of say, I think I'm at about 70% effort, arguably that's just good enough according to the literature. Um, I, I, I don't measure my own isometrics until recently. It's pretty much on par. So I would structure it. You'd pick sort of, let's say, four ranges throughout, right? You can sort of say the lift off, mid shin. Um, what do you call that? Just above your knee and then mid thigh, mm-hmm. right? Maybe even going to lock out, but, you know, now you're generating force, usually pretty like locked out. 
right? So look at tendon stiffness first, because that's the part that people fail on. They train muscles all the time. They never thought that, well, what is the thing that transmits the force between the, like the, the power generator, be it the muscle, and to move the bone, which is the movement you're trying to occur, yeah. right? So first, look at tendon stuff. Then look at the neurology. Let, let's fire it up. So maybe you can start it with a 20-second contraction. Do that for like, let's say, from a periodization perspective, two weeks. Then we're going to go through a neurological adaptation where we're looking to engage that nervous system, right? Because yeah. that's what's going to fire on demand, and we need that. So we stabilize. Then we work on the like the, the nervous system. So again, like less okay. than four second contractions. Okay. So you said then... Let's call it, there's multiple positions using deadlift as an example. Let's just start starting position and they're going to hold it for 20 seconds right off the bat, or do they hold it for four, then rest, then four, then rest, or uh, go, go for 20 seconds first, yeah, right? 20. But don't, don't try very hard because you're new yeah. to this. Yeah. Right. And it's like, learn to do that and ramp up the level of intensity. You know, we're talking about like guys, they're probably the ones that they're doing this. So they're going to go to hundred percent right off the bat. So let me preface it. If you don't do 20% right now, you missed your hundred percent opportunity. You missed it by 80%. Right? So it's going to lead to potentially some risk. Um, our goal, eliminate risk, improve performance. So you just do one, one, one set of 20 seconds and, and then move to the uh, next look, position. I would look, yeah, basically just touch upon it. Right now, if you let's say you have some sort of tendinopathy, you know you have a problem. You might spend a couple more repetitions, like three, four, five repetitions, but do that sort of specific area a little bit longer, a little bit more frequent, with a little bit less intensity because you already know you are, you know, Got vulnerable. It. So if I that. if I'm doing multiple reps, let's say I'm going to do three reps of the 20 second hold. What's the rest period? Um, I would go limited, um, less than 20 seconds. Okay. Right. So about yeah, a one, so, one to one or one to half. One to one. Um, yeah. you know, and from a rest perspective, the reason that I do that is basically I want to increase blood flow to the, like basically occlude blood flow to the area, then have like this surge of blood flow and then re-hit it again. Right. So it's almost like if you look at some blood flow restriction training, right. right. Isometrics is the ultimate form of blood flow restriction, right. Mm -hmm. It provides occlusion to the tissue. So you get this like, um, basically this obstruction to the blood flow because the muscles occluded, but then you relax the muscle and it's this surge of blood flow, which is fantastic. So, I mean, it's got great healing properties as well. And specific to tendons, um, they get poor blood flow anyways, right? So here's a way that we can increase blood flow to the tendons. So now how, if you're going to take this thing and you're going to combine, obviously, you know, are you saying to only do isometric workouts over a period of time and then go back to dynamic or how do you melt, you know, mend the two together? Um, you would, depending on the goal of the individual, like for the general gym population, just put the isometrics kind of at the beginning, like, you know, where you would traditionally put your 15 minute warm up. Yeah. do isometrics there, skip the cardio section, the hot and sweaty stuff. Because you're going to get hot and sweaty doing isometrics, right? You're going to prime the nervous system. Then if your goal is, I like gym exercise, I want to do gym exercise, I got my sports training, go practice the skill of the activity, right? So put isometrics first, because that's your strength and stability. Then the mobility stuff is all skill development, right? Um, and it doesn't matter the load you're lifting or the activity you're doing in, in the way I approach it. Got it. Right? And, and what, can a, what can a person expect in, in seeing or feeling results with regards to, it, you know, if I do it three times a week, let's say I do my deadlift, I'm just picking on that one right now, just we've been talking about it. If I do the, the deadlift isometrics three times a week, 
what will they start to feel or see to, to let them know that this thing is working? Uh, so I started working with a, like, you know, he's, he's a writer. A lot of people in your audience, you might know him, a guy named Lee Boyce. Uh, so he writes for Nation and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I challenged Lee. It's like, Lee, come in and experience this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we set, I think it was the second or third session we we, we did. We uh, basically in, uh, set his PR record. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's you're seeing like, quick, ma- oh, huge, it's, especially in, in experience. I mean, yeah, you're taking experience lifters with a training age of, you know, 10, 20, 30 years that are seeing exponential results. God, what, what in the heck can it do for a beginner? Oh, it's insane. Like, um, so we created a program called 30 and 30. So with isometrics, traditionally it's boring, right? So it's like, okay, well, how do we make it exciting? How do we create a program around this? Mm -hmm. So we created a program called 30 and 30. It's 30 isometrics in 30 minutes, right? So it's like to suck the, Get that ADHD guy. It's like, oh, you bang, bang, bang. Yeah. So it's 45 second muscle contraction with 15 second transition at maximal level, recognizing that you'll hit peak and then you'll start to fatigue. So your maximal level will drop off, right? From a load perspective, but your perceived exertion actually goes up, yeah. right? So we have a built-in safety mechanism, making it easier to let you work through this grueling environment, right? Yeah. So with that, so we see on average with our blood pressure people, right? About a 15 to 20 millimeter mercury drop in a month. Wow. We see on average a pound of fat loss in a, or sorry, 15 pounds of fat loss, right? In a month. And that's on 15 hours of committed exercise. I'm not a nutritionist. I don't touch nutrition. If you want to eat cheeseburgers and eat ice cream, that's on you. I specialize in this. So I don't go outside my lane very often. Yeah. Uh, right. But recognize I did have like from the dynamic world, I did study under some of the world's foremost experts. Yeah. Right. So I'm pretty versed in that. So we see blood pressure improvements. We see people with pain. Right. Pain is a huge seller for people. People don't like being there. Yeah. Right. If I've got dynamic motion, like instability, like instabilities, people say that's bad. Right. Is motion unstable or is it stable? Well, if it's moving, it's unstable. It has to be or it doesn't move, right? So what we do is we add stability and we go, oh, well, now I can tolerate more force. Maybe I'm going to be in less pain. So pain goes down, right? That whole notion of MAT and the corrective isometrics. We just did a half an hour every day, yeah. right? Not six seconds. So the, the, the transference we see with our athletes, with our general pop, it's crazy. Like I help people with and, like stroke yeah. walk again within hours. And, and so you're seeing these benefits in generalized positions as opposed to obviously, you know, with MAT, if those that don't know MAT, the jumpstart or or whatnot, it's positional isometric. So there's very, very specific positions in which you hold an isometric that's supposed to, again, more from a corrective standpoint, bring the stability and bring the communication back, simplifying it a little bit. And you're seeing that these benefits happen even in generalized positions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because what we fail to recognize is our our whole body is a system. Right. There are 650 plus muscles in our body that and arguably they're capable of doing billions of things. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're able to sort of you know manipulate where we are in space. The the our tolerance goes up to the other activities. Got right. It. And like most people don't think sleeping is isometric. It's awesome. Right. Yeah. Side lines. <laughs> right. Yeah. We don't think that way. So it's a way to sort of say, hey, work on isometric strength. Work on, you have to move. You just got to. Like, I, I don't, I, I hope nobody ever thinks that I said, don't move. That yeah. is not what I'm about. Exactly. Right? Prepare for movement, 
right? Because if you're not prepared for movement, you're going to break down. Like general exercise, right? You're in, you did muscle activation techniques. Most of the people you saw exercise, why did they need you, right? Because the exercise was leading to something they didn't want, Mm -hmm. right? Most of my clients over the years that I did MAT came to me because they were injured. Because they were exercising, they were fit, they were wonderful. It's like, but they're passionate. And it's like, yeah, we can help you, but why don't we just add this component? Let's make me obsolete in this equation. Let's start doing isometrics on a daily basis, right? Because we do it for jumpstart. They just never had permission before. And so once you empower that individual, you give them the knowledge and the confidence to correct themselves. Oh man, we we can yeah. we can we can work magic. That's fantastic. So so just to kind of wrap up the the programming standpoint, you're you're saying about you said about ten to fifteen minutes before um, your your exercises. So if you're working out three four days a week, it's okay to do you know basically three to four days of isometrics before. Um, is there overkill uh, from what you've seen? Meaning too much? Um, um, as of now, I haven't seen it. Right. And I've been doing it for about six years, like basically daily. The right? only thing Where, that you did say, though, to, to preface that is, is some don't hold too long in the beginning. So making sure that you're not holding a position for, you know, an extended period of time, there's a potential build up, build up tolerance. Like, let's not let's not sort of say, hey, Brad said do isometrics. It's great. And then you go do one position for 30 minutes and go. Well, I'm yeah. sore, but that, yeah. that's not what I'm promoting by any means. Yeah. But what it is, it's kind of like, you know, it's like, oh, you went for a 30 minute jog, but you've never jogged in your life. Well, yeah. it's not jogging that's bad. Yeah. It's your, you weren't ready you know? yet. Yep. You weren't ready yet. So, yeah. so then to kind of, you know, finalize this whole thing, you, you've obviously created many different, well, several different iterations of, of a piece of equipment that you know, obviously you feel is one of the best ways to, you know, be able to do this. Can you explain that? Um, you know, we could put some pictures in if you send them to me, you know, in the, uh, in the bio two of that, and then just access of how somebody might be able to pick one of those things up. But can you explain how, you know, what that particular uh, piece of equipment is ISOFIT? Uh, so basically it's a glorified fancy wall is really what it is. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I can't describe it any more than that. Right. Yeah. So um, it's a position where it looks like a massage table, the, the original version, mm-hmm. where you had a sidewall attached to a massage table, mm-hmm. right? So I could lie there and pull into a wall. Because traditionally in a gym, there's no available wall space to do isometrics, mm-hmm. right? And because I'm a student of the game, um, it's like, okay, well, a spin bike, which is all the rage these days. Well, Johnny G invented it because he got hit by a car and was scared to go ride his bike outside. So he just propped it up on wheels and said, hey, I got a spin bike, took mm-hmm. off. Jim Miller created um, like uh, the Reebok step or the, the step or just a milk cart. Yeah. So all I did was create a fancy wall that you can restrain all human joint motion for multiple joints and limbs at the same time. Now that, that's uh, the big bed though, but I've also seen recently kind of a smaller version. That's, that's the big bad one, right? So that yeah. the Cadillac, the ultimate is the, and I call it the Isofit strength trainer because you can restrain all human joint motion on it. It's yeah. amazing. Wonderful. The U S army, uh, they're a client of mine to so the U S army. So they posted, uh, approached me a couple of years ago, and they sort of said, Brad, well, this is great. We like this one. This is awesome. Thank you. We bought they, they bought that. And they're like, well, but it's not deployable, right? We can't take this abroad. Do you have a portable unit? And it's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. You're not a bad client. So I just sat on that for a little bit because I'm a solopreneur. I, I have too many things on my plate on the given day. Um, so it's like I was just sitting on that. Then COVID came around. 
And it's kind of like, let's do this. Let's move forward with this project. Everyone's going to be at home. So we created a rendition or a version of it. It's 39 pounds. It's got a footprint of 30 by 32 inches. So it takes up less than seven square feet of space. And it's basically, if you can carry 39 pounds, it's 100% portable. Right. I can I can do deadlifts on it. I can do like zercher squats or I can tie a belt to do belt squats. So I basically made it isometrics. Super crazy available to the general population. Right. Like so if you're sitting at home and, you you know, you, you, you can't phone rogue because they're like, you know, eight months uh, delayed right now. because everyone ran out. Right. I got a home gym that you can use uh, that literally takes up no space, no time The set up time. You know, it takes you like, you know, let's call it two minutes to put on, you know, 315 pounds. Well, we have what's called like we call it or dubbed it force magic technology, right? It's a playoff Newton's third law of motion for every action. And there's an equal and opposite reaction. Mm -hmm. So if you pull into our restraint bar, it's going to match your outputs. Mm -hmm. It actually makes exercise safer than traditional exercise. And the reason for that is you have inertia, the inertial effects of the load you're transferring through space, right? You know, yeah. Most people don't even know what I just said, yeah. right? So if you have the inertial effects and inertia is the consequence of accelerated movement. So if I'm moving a load fast, the load is tra- like it's changing rates, like mm-hmm. loads throughout my movement pattern, mm-hmm. right? As I fatigue, that load actually gets heavier relative to my fatigue state. Mm-hmm. You know, so when Greg was talking about muscle inflammation and the negative effects of muscle inflammation, Right. That's a lot of the stuff we have to approach when it comes to exercise. Like we as exercisers are creating the inflammation that's causing the disease states and stress we're looking to actually avoid. And I, what I'm saying is I can help you avoid that by looking at this and approaching and it from this in. Yep. and adding it in. That's great. You know? well, where, where, where can they find that? Is it just on your website or? Where, where? Um, yeah, website, uh, basically. So um, with the Icefit MSK, so it's MSK, which, you know, is a pun, uh, you know, obviously musculoskeletal for the physiotherapist, yeah. but it stands for mobile strength kit, right? So um, basically go to www.isofitmsk.ca. Uh, the prices are in Canadian for all my American friends. So it's going to look, it's going to look expensive, but it actually is way cheaper because of the yeah. exchange rate, yeah. you know, so you can look at that and, you know, we're stocked up our, our basically delivery you buy today. We ship tomorrow. Beautiful. Right. Beautiful. So, it, it's so beautiful that uh, we're not stocked up with, uh, you know, and, too much. And, I, and I'll add the links in, in the bio and in the body of this, but man, I, I appreciate it. And I've, it, it's excited me to kind of go out there and, and do it you know, more of this, I, you know, I'm training my 13 year old kid. I mean, obviously I think it, it could be an amazing thing for kids, especially learning their form, uh, you know, prior to doing, you know, these, these complex movements and the skill, like you had said. So um, this has been a, a blast. I really appreciate you taking your time. Anything else you want to leave the audience with um, before we go? Um, I just want people to always think that there's a way to train for movement, right? And that's isometrics. Right, isometrics is a way you train for movement. Motion or dynamic exercise is the practice of, right? So it's like, how did you train for movement today to move better tomorrow? And we have to think about the actions that we do today, like literally, like what is the effect of my gym exercise today, 30 years from now? Am I gonna have a knee replacement? Am I gonna have like spinal stenosis? Am I gonna have this, right? My goal in life, is to create health, change lives, and give back, yeah. right? So I, I'm able to do that daily. I, I get some pretty extraordinary messages from, you know, life, like life-changing stories 
that people yeah. contact me and said, wow, I didn't think isometrics could do this. It's like, it does a ton of stuff. And, you know, we've only scratched the surface. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and again, I, I think people out there, what comes to my mind too, is, is some of the things, if you listen closely to the podcast, you know, increased strength, increased vertical, you know, th- those are on the obviously performance side, but in, in relatively sh- very, very short periods of time in, in you as a trainer, your ability to get them to feel something different in a short period of time is worth more than you could ever imagine, because that's, what's going to keep them coming back to you. Um, so I, I can't overemphasize that. It, it, and obviously people need to go and learn how to do this stuff properly. And I did our best hopefully today to try to do this, but I'd love for you to maybe send me some links and where they can further their education with regards to doing this properly as well. That would be great to add. Well, and I'll definitely do that. And we're one of the evolutions of myself and my company. We're no longer equipment manufacturing. We're now a media company. Right, because the one thing that we've sort of learned over the last sort of couple months since basically starting to ship um, the ISOFIT MSK, because before it was business to business, now it's business to consumer. Um, so the questions I get asked every day are like, "Whoa, that's awesome! That's a that's a whole like video on itself." Yeah. Um, so we're in the process. We just hired a cameraman yesterday. We built out a film studio, um, so we're going to have a ton of stuff content coming. Uh, you know, from a trainer perspective, we have certification programs already. Um, in place, um, if, like an ice fit strength coach certification, it's a two day course. Um, we also have a professional course, which is 64 hours. Now, are uh, those, are those done online now? Um, we're in the process. They awesome. never, on, never online before, you know, I'm an old guy. I like, I like face to face stuff, yep. you know, because realistically, um, you know, the in-depthness of MAT, right. With isometrics and what we're capable of doing. Um, and this is no knock on MAT by any means but we can do billions of things, right? I, I can do a hip flexion with internal rotation on one leg in an abducted position. And on the other side, I'm doing the 100% opposite thing. And it's like, how do the interrelationships of all that stuff work on your transverse plane of your spine? And it's like, oh, I thought we were talking about legs a second ago. It's like, yeah, let's explore this. This is wicked awesome. It's so much fun, and but it, it's a rabbit hole, right? You gotta be prepared to challenge beliefs and be open to learning, right? And as I say, evolution requires change.